Hey everyone, welcome to Broadway Beat episode three. I'm your host, Mitch Wisniewski. Before we get started with the episode, I just want to say thank you so much for following and liking and commenting. We've had such amazing support throughout these first three episodes, and I'm so, so grateful. And if you haven't yet reviewed the podcast on iTunes, if you listen on the Apple Podcasts app, that would be amazing. Please rate and review it there. It helps me out a lot. So if you guys do that, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. All right, so today... The episode is going to be really exciting. My guest host is none other than the fantastically talented Jake Boyd. You know him from Be More Chill, Rock of Ages, as Fierro on the national tour of Wicked, and most recently as Anthony in the off-Broadway production of Sweeney Todd. What's going on, Jake? Hey there, Mitch. Happy to be here. We are so happy to have you. All right, well, it's been a big week in terms of news, so uh, let's get right into it. This week's top story is that the cast of the upcoming SpongeBob musical is finally complete. We have a Mr. Krabs and a Plankton. Newly added to the principal cast are Wesley Taylor as Sheldon Plankton and Brian Ray Norris in his Broadway debut as the Krusty Krab owner Eugene Krabs. I had no idea his first name was Eugene. That's beside the point. <laughs> no, I actually did not either. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right? Uh, the two joined a previously announced roster of stars who appeared in the musical's 2016 world premiere in Chicago. Ethan Slater as Spongebob, Gavin Lee as Squidward, uh, Lily Cooper as Sandy Cheeks, and Danny Skinner as Patrick Starr. Rounding out the cast are ensemble members Galen Gilliland, Julian Godfrey, Kyle Matthew Hamilton, Curtis Hallbrook, Stephanie Hsu... Uh, Jesse J.P. Johnson, Logan Jones, Jalen Jossie, Kevin Moon Lowe, Laura Lynn McClelland, Vassi Mompoint, Onika Phillips, John Rua, J.C. Schuster, Abby C. Smith, and uh, Taylor, Robert Taylor Jr., Alan Washington, Bryn Williams, and Matt Wood. That's a lot of ensemble members. That's big gonna cast. Be, that's gonna, yeah, it's going to be a really big show. Um, and, of course, we know Stephanie Shu from Be More Chill, so that's really exciting to see her on Broadway. Uh, the show will begin previews November 6th at the Palace Theater, where opening night is set for December 4th. That was a long story. <laughs> um, now, Jake, were you, were you a big fan of SpongeBob growing up? Oh, yeah. Actually, I, I watched SpongeBob a lot growing up. I'm, I'm really interested to see how uh, this stage adaptation is going to present itself, but I thought the show was really kooky and bizarre and out there, and as a bizarre kid, I took to it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any episode that you would, like, that was, like, your favorite that you would love to see incorporated in the musical in some way? Well, I, uh, I think this was early on in the series, but they have that episode where uh, Spongebob rip, rips his pants, and he has that song that he plays on the ukulele on the beach about ripping his pants, I think that's really cute, and I would love <laughs> to see that in the show somewhere. Yeah, for sure. I actually wasn't a big SpongeBob. My parents didn't have, they didn't let us get cable, so we had like Arthur and all that. But like by the time I got to SpongeBob, I think SpongeBob was like kind of uh, like, so I'm not a huge SpongeBob fan, but I'm excited to see. And they just announced, uh, I just saw on Twitter that the, you can listen to the cast album for, uh, on, you can stream it on the NPR website, I think. Uh, the link is on my oh, Twitter. Oh, cool. Yeah, so they just, they released the cast album before they even opened on Broadway, which is really exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we can get like a little preview of the show. And if you guys like the SpongeBob musical, if you listen to it, you really like it. Uh, I'm just going to say this. You're going to really like next week's guest. And that's all I can say about it. <laughs> Let's see. What else is on, on the news this week? Uh, Adele has reportedly held talks over playing Nancy in a new film of the musical Oliver. 
the Grammy-winning star, could be set to make the switch to Hollywood, with movie bosses having approached Adele about playing one of the central characters from Charles Dickens's iconic novel, which was turned into a film in 1968. A source close to the singer told the Sun newspaper it would be a major part for her, and she's seriously considering it. She talked about her son Angelo being her number one priority, and she sees this as a role that he could appreciate too. It would be a new challenge for her, but one that she would definitely be up for. Now that's a pretty exciting story. Yeah, I would love to see that. I'm sure that she would be fantastic. Yeah. Is there any musical that you would love being able, like, to see being made into a movie? Yeah, um, I really like the uh, the musical You're in Town. Um, I also think it contains a lot of uh, modern-day motifs, you know, that we deal with today. Uh, the question would be if an audience, you know, a television audience <laughs> wants that kind of sort of material, but uh, I really like that musical. I think it's poignant and smart and a lot of great music, and I would tune in to watch that one. Oh, for sure. Now, this is not this is would be a regular movie and not one of the live musicals, but, Jake, you have been in a live musical before. You were in Sound of Music, right? Yes. How was is, how is that experience? What's it like doing a musical for a camera like that? Uh, you know, it, it's been unlike anything that I have uh, been a part of at this point in my career. It was a huge undertaking for every uh, team member uh, who was involved on the show. Um, it's a huge, huge uh, uh, project to put together, and... Not only was it uh, an amazing experience to be around a lot of these veteran Broadway actors who I look up to and very much admire their work, but just even be in the same room as these people, but uh, it was just like a throwback to the 1950s of this old time of doing this, of doing a musical live on television, and it's it's a cool combination of combining these two art forms of the camera and the stage and finding the medium ground between them i mean and i think it works really well yeah for sure i think it's a really cool it's just really cool to have those and especially then they're preserved and then it's not like it's one of those things like you know theater is so fleeting but then if you have these musicals you know they they can really uh, stick around for a while um yeah. all right speaking of movie adaptions of musicals the live action movie remake of aladdin has set a release date of may 24th 2019 so very very far in the future with Guy Ritchie directing the live-action take on the film favorite and Broadway hit. Mena Masood will play the title role of Aladdin, with Naomi Scott as Princess Jasmine and Will Smith as the genie. The cast is also set to include Tony nominee Billy Magnuson in the brand-new role of Prince Anders, and Homeland actor Navid Negabin as the Sultan. Oscar winners Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, the Tony-winning songwriting duo behind Dear Evan Hansen, will write the lyrics to new songs by composer Alan Menken for the film. Now, Jake, are you excited to see these remakes, or are we? Are you more a fan of like original musicals and more original content? Uh, no, I mean, I'm definitely excited to see them, especially something like Aladdin and you know Beauty and the Beast that just happened. It all harkens back to my childhood watching these and you know i don't think that anything will be able to replace those types of memories but i'm interested to see a new take on it especially a live action version um yeah why not i don't think there's anything wrong with it and i'm I'm gonna go see it yeah that's how i feel too it's like why not you know it's been it's something that everyone loves and ever and then like the live action take on it you know i think we've always kind of like i've always personally wanted to see 
you know, live action takes on things. So I'm glad that it's finally that Disney has this whole like agenda of putting them forward. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and what I also like about Disney, uh, they certainly are putting out new, uh, new material that I think is going to be just as precious to the generation below us as these films were to us. And then also allow us to harken back to a, an astounded time that we also enjoy. So, I mean, the, the new Frozens of the world that are coming up, I also really love those, but I like revisiting the old stuff as well. For sure, for sure. All right, our last news story of the week. This past Monday marked the first annual Cheetah Rivera Awards for dance and choreography. The winners were announced at the Al Hirschfeld Theater last Monday. They included Al Bl- uh, Andy Blankenbuehler for Bandstand, Corbin Blue and Megan Sakura for Holiday Inn, the ensemble of Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, Joshua Burgas for Sweet Charity, Lyrica Woodruff for Finian's Rainbow, and Brandon Espinoza for Baghdadi. In addition to winners in the competitive categories, the Star Pack Knight awarded dance legend Tommy Toon, who was presented with the Lifetime Achievement Award, waitress director Diane Paulus, who was honored with the Outstanding Contribution to Musical Theater Award, Antonio Vendome, who received Outstanding Com- Contribution to Arts and Humanities Award, and B.B. Newirth hosted the ceremony, which was directed by Randy Skinner. Congratulations to all of the winners. Uh, Jake, have you seen any of those shows, uh, Bandstand or any, anything like that? I have not had the opportunity to see Bandstand yet. I did say uh, see Holiday Inn that Corbin Blue and Megan Decor were in. I thought the show was charming and fun. Again, you know, taken back to an older time of musical theater, but I thought it was precious and really sweet, and I enjoyed myself a lot. Um, the others I have also not had the opportunity to see, unfortunately. But I, I, all of these actors, I know their names and their work, and no doubt that they served the community well. They're yeah, all great artists. For sure. Especially a shout-out to the ensemble of Natasha and Pierre and the Great Combination Show, which is closed. The choreography for that show and the way that show was performed is insane. Yes. It's so crazy. All right, well, that's it for the news. There are some big stories uh, that just broke, which we will feature on next week's pod. Um, but this is all the news that I could get that I could pack into the outline for today because you guys put out a lot of fan questions and we got to get to them. So on that note, let's get into some fan questions. You ready, Jake? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. All right. Um, at Mimi dot musicals and things says, okay, you're an inspiration to me and I love you so much. Uh, what got you into musical theater? Um, well, I, you know, I imagine probably what most people get into musical theater. I always had a yen for singing. I always liked to sing, and uh, I was a fairly dramatic child. So <laughs> once um, I, I, my parents put me into Little League sports, and that seemed to work really well for my brother. But, I, you know, I was, like, fine at it, but I never really cared about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my elementary school went to go see, uh, on field trips, this, uh, local children's community theater, the shows they did. And I saw a show there and was like, uh, I, I want to do that. I'm going to do that. And honestly, ever since then, I, I haven't stopped doing it. Uh, I just, theater gave me a that sense of belonging that I was looking for. It, it helped me find my own purpose and helped me find something that I was good at and passionate about. And, uh, and that's how I fell into it. I, you know, it's, uh, I saw other people doing it and I vowed that I was going to do that too. That's so great. Do you remember what the first show you ever, you were ever in was? 
Oh, yeah. It was uh, a community theater production of A Christmas Carol. And I was in the ensemble as an urchin, you know, 50 rows from the front in the back somewhere. But I, <laughs> I didn't care. I was so excited. I, I still remember when I found out I was going to be that all when I was like maybe nine or 10. And it was very exciting for me. <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> That's so fun. Okay. Uh, at Lou Blue. I think that's how you say that. I'm sorry, Lou Blue, uh, says, Hi, Jake, can you tell us more about your Beemar Chill audition? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's a fairly um, standard audition. Uh, I listened to the show, and I I have always wanted to be a part of a Joe Iconis show because I, I really like all of the, the stuff that he has written and he creates. And so I went in to audition, and... Um, you know, I thought my audition went well, but uh, it, it actually didn't work out initially. It was they were going in a, a different direction, and um, and then I, I'm not sure exactly what the uh, uh, scenario was. Uh, if um, there was other work to be had by the other actor, but he, they they called me back and they asked me if I would like to be a part of the project and. I gladly accept it, and I'm glad that it worked out because Be More Chill has been one of my favorite projects that I have ever gotten to do. Yeah, it's a it's a great show. Um, here's another Be More Chill question. Emily underscore Rose underscore Art asks, if you had a squip, who would your squip be? Me, personally, is Big Boy. Yeah. Um, who would my squip be? Uh, I am, I'm just going to say that I would like to choose this. I would like for Michelle Obama to be my squip. I would love to listen to her all day and to give (laughs) me sweet advice on how to be a better person and have great arms. Oh, she would, she would give the best (laughs) advice. Like she would not be a squip that would try to like ruin your life. She would make your life infinitely better. Oh, I think she will. I think that I would have such inner peace hearing her whisper in my brain all day. <laughs> See, I feel like I would go the opposite. I feel like I would choose someone like really obnoxious, like uh, like a Courtney Kardashian, because she would just give oh, the worst no. advice. Like, <laughs> I, you know, that would be a fun show to watch, probably. <laughs> in your brain all day, she's just like eating a giant salad, and she's like, "They don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you should do. I know I'm implanted in your brain, but I have no idea." <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, um, at Christine Canigula wants to know, how was everyone on the cast of Be More Chill? I guess they, like, Everyone was great. Every single person. Um, all of the actors, all of the production team, to River Theater, uh, everyone was so gracious with their time and their ideas and their art. And, and that's why it's been one of my favorite projects that I've ever gotten to do was the, the collaboration was it, it was gold and it, it was the most fun every single day that we came into the rehearsal room to rehearse uh, and I mean gotta give a shout out to the director Stephen Brackett, Joe Trace who wrote the book Joe Iconis who wrote the music uh, they really did, they welcomed us with opened arms heard our ideas let us come in with the things that we thought and we really allowed us to create this world together yeah, I had Lauren Marcus on the pod yesterday or last week, um, and she was talking about how she kind of had these weird things that she would add into this sh- that they got put into the show just because she would do them during rehearsal. Is there anything like that that you? Yeah, had? yeah, true. We we got to leave our own marks in these characters, and uh, you know, sometimes you don't always get to do that if you're stepping into a show that's already running. But you know, uh, 
getting to be a part of this from the first mounting incarnation of it, it, it feels satisfying as an actor to be able to get to leave a mark on it. For sure. For sure. Um, okay. At, oh, this is a hard Instagram username. It's elick underscore iwick uh, wants to know favorite musical you've done so far. Uh, let's well, I mean, right now it's Sweeney Todd. Uh, I, I mean, and that fluctuates all around there at times, and I like this one more, I like this one more, but, um, everything that I, I've gotten to do so far, I appreciate in their own right, uh, for as amazing as it was, but I'm very much enjoying Sweeney Todd right now. It's a show that I've always wanted to do, and, uh, yeah, it's great, so I'll plug that. Get, get down to Barrow Street theater and come see the show if you're around or if you can because you won't regret it yeah it's a it's a cool very cool show you guys are doing it like in a pie shop too right yeah 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 they've converted the the theater the space into a working pie shop fun that's very fun okay at uh paisley p-a-i-z-l-e-y says uh jake firstly i love you uh secondly (laughs) what are your thoughts on jakey d Oh, well, I mean, that's kind of a, a broad statement. Um, yeah, it's very broad. That, what are your thoughts? I think that, uh, you know, I I think that it, it could be really easy to, especially when we were doing it, it was something that I thought about. Um, it could be really easy to make Jake a stock character, you know, that he's just a bully for bully's sake. But I, I don't, uh, there's no one who's like that. There's no person who thinks that they're a bad guy or they're this person and, um, so I, I think that Jake is a, he's a good guy, albeit maybe a little uh, arrogant or conceited as maybe some popular guys in high school might be. But I think he has, I think he has a heart and a brain. Maybe not the most intelligence in the world, but uh, and I, I think that I think that that's shown, you know, at the end when he's able, you know, all these people are able to put aside their their problems and come together to this experience that they both had together and. Uh, I, and that's what I tried to do with Jake is, is not make him. I wanted to make him three dimensional instead of, you know, just a stock person. Is there any uh, performances or inspirations that you drew on when making that character? Uh, no, there, no, perf- there's no person in particular uh, that I drew from other than my own experience. And I, I tried to bring, just most of myself to the role because I didn't feel like that Jake Dillinger was too far of a stretch from my own person. <laughs> um, but uh, I did read the book because I wanted to get the source material and, you know, see what the author uh, Ned Vizzini thought about Jake um, kind of things that I could draw from that world too. But mostly I, um, I always try to pull from my own experience if I can, if it's the, if the character's not, if it's not too deep, if it's something I'm not unfamiliar with, it's, I think bringing your own life and experience to something is the best way to make it real. For sure. Some real acting advice here on, here on Broadway Beat. Um, <laughs> at Mendel's Spork asks, what is your most memorable slash funny Be More Chill backstage moment? Um, well, every single night, uh, me and Gerard Canonico loved it changing into when we were going to do the smartphone hour when we all put on our wigs and our like sleepover outfits <laughs> our <laughs> padded bras uh we always got a real big kick out of that and uh um 
so just like throughout when we started rehearsing and, you know, we were still in rehearsals in tech and, and we're adding all these elements. And uh, that's when I decided that my uh, sleepover character in the smartphone hour was Madeline. So <laughs> I, I got to be Jake and Madeline. At least, that, you know, that's not in the script anywhere, but that was the choice that we made. Oh, that's so funny. The unnamed Madeline finally gets a, yeah. she gets her moment in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. At breeding show Marvin says, I got to see Jake as Fierro at the Fox theater. I don't know where the Fox theater is, but it is a theater. Uh, he was stunning and the show is stunning. And I cried during as long as you're mine, because I'm a mess. So I wanted to know <laughs> a, what is your favorite part of being in where, what was your favorite part of being in wicked and B, where was your fave place to perform? Um, well, I, my favorite part of being in Wicked was being in Wicked. Uh, yeah. It was a show that I, uh, you know, that I loved growing up, and it's a magical show to watch still to this day. Yeah, the music is so good, and um, it it was a, a dream come true of mine to be able to get to play a role that I dreamed of playing since I was 14, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And, uh, so I mean, it was just really, really amazing uh, to get to be a part of that, to get to be a part of the show that people love and, you know, uh, will change people's lives. There are, there are people who love this show very dearly and they connect with it a lot. Yeah, for sure. And that, I mean, that was, that was definitely the coolest part of just being able to get to be a part of this family. And my favorite place to perform, um, we really did get to go to a lot of amazing cities, at least the cities that I was on on the road and, uh, but, you know, probably my favorite place to go was Madison, Wisconsin, because we went there during the fall. And it's a beautiful little college town with uh, amazing food. And it was just gorgeous. And the weather was perfect. And uh, the facility was great. And I just remember that city is just like a really nice place to be. That sounds great. Is there, uh, there's been a lot of shows recently that have announced their national tours. Is there any advice that you would give, or just, just talk about your second, uh, your experience for a second of like being on tour? What is that, what is that like? What does that entail? Well, you know, there's, it's definitely, um, a nomad of a life, obviously. It's, you, you're getting able to be a part of something great. Uh, you're getting to live a dream. You're also picking up your stuff every couple of weeks and you're moving on to a new place. And so uh, I think it's definitely something that people who enjoy traveling and, and can take their roots with them. It's something that they would enjoy. Um, I just think it's an amazing experience. I don't, I wouldn't want every single job that I uh, want on the road because I, I certainly like to root down and to be in one place but I would love to do it again. I love to go into different cities and you meet different kinds of people and um, you get to bring this little joy that we all love so much to people's own backyards. And uh, cause a lot of people don't get, aren't able to get up here and to experience that. And uh, you know, I, I think it's a, it's, I think it's great. I think we need more tours. I want more Americans across the United States to be interested in theater, musical theater, not even just musical theater, plays, 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 plays. I love plays and there's so much to be seen about that as well. Yeah, that's true. You don't often hear about plays going on tour, but play a, a tour of a, a play would be, that would be amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, I, um, just yesterday I saw Adult house part two finally, and I just have been thinking about it ever since I saw it. It was so good. Yeah. That's a great show. It's, is it, is it, it's closing soon, right? Or no? 
I could be totally. Uh, yeah, about I that. think within the I think in the next few weeks it's set its closing date. So if anyone's in the city, and especially if you're a theater nerd like I am, and you're familiar with Adult House, go. I mean, seriously, it's so good. Yeah, it's not often that you get a sequel to like an iconic play. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. You um, okay. At J, we'd already talked about this a little bit, but at JM underscore Grimm asks, how did you make the role of Jake and Be More Chill your own? Was there any quirks that you gave him or things you inferred about him from the script? Well, like I said, I, I mostly brought my own stuff. I mean, anything that you, uh, and I mean, because there weren't any, uh, you know, like, very specific quirks about Jake, you know, I think he was written and, and made to feel like cool to be very suave, to like understand why people like him. But I, that's not me really as a person. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm like sometimes like really kind of awkward. And, um, but I try again, like that's something that I didn't shy away from and that I really tried to bring my own experience to this. Cause I thought that it would make Jake interesting. And again, like not just a Scott character, uh, and this uh, and this wasn't in the script either, but I've had a lot of you know people on social media reach out and ask me who I thought Jake Squip was, and I had made I made the decision that I thought um, I mean maybe these young millennials won't know who this is, but that James Vanderbeek. Oh, uh, from, that's Jake. I mean, from James, Dawson's James, Creek, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that James Vanderbeek was Jake Squip. It, it just seemed so right and appropriate for me, and kind of like who Jake. <laughs> thinks he is or wants to be and uh you know i yeah, i think any actor who's playing it could pick their own but that one it just seems right for me for sure that's that's really funny that's such a person that like that makes someone i wouldn't have thought about that originally but thinking about it yeah that makes so much sense makes so much <laughs> sense okay and i got this question here's this next question i got it like three times and someone in my dm someone in the comments someone from somewhere else um, but I chose this one. So at Bmore Salazar wants to know, how do you feel about the idea of Rich and Jake dating? I mean, hey, I think that's great. I, I have been so surprised and, um, yeah, you know, really happy to see that the uh, Be More Chill has found this uh, fandom, you know, two years after uh, we've we finished the show, because, uh, I mean, I certainly loved it. And I've been wondering, I was like, I don't know... I wasn't sure where that idea came from other than, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, at the end of the show, uh, uh, Rich, Rich, uh, says that he's bi. But I think, hey, far be it for me to shun anyone's artistic ability. There's nothing that says that Jake isn't bi. And I think that if those two characters, they certainly are friends on the show and they yeah, would be cute. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they would. They would be a very, very cute couple. Uh, is there any piece of you guys you mentioned about all the fan art that you're getting is there any piece of fan art that's particularly stuck out to you as like this is insane oh well I mean th there are so many I, I wish that I could name the handles of, of specifics right off the top of my head to give the artist credit but there there are many days when I'll like look on my social media or something and I'll have been tagged my profile tagged uh, with a picture that a young artist has drawn and I'm really taken aback by all of it as someone who can't draw <laughs> or doesn't have talent in that way. It's all really, uh, really cool to see, and they're all really great. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, really, I, I, I really love it. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. For lack nice. of a better word. <laughs> it's chill. Um, it's chill. At, at cuddly.clary asks, favorite song you've ever performed? 
favorite song I've ever performed. Um, again, I'm going to go back to Sweetie, since that's what I'm doing right now. Definitely Joanna. It's my favorite thing to sing every single day. It's so, uh, the music is beautiful. It's indulgent. It's sweet. It's got action in it. And uh, I, I love it. It's, that, that's what I think about uh, these days. Was that a song right that you had been like kind of, before you even like knew you were going to play the role or anything, just a song that you like had eventually like wanted to sing in a role you really wanted to play? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, certainly Anthony is a role that I, I'd always hoped that I would get the opportunity to do one day. And, um, you know, when I was in college, we sang it in rep class and we were adding things to our rep book and in uh, musical theater performance and such. But uh, getting getting to be able to tackle it now, and especially in this space, it, uh, it's kind of taken on a whole new uh, uh, life, whether uh, I, you know, I've lived a little bit longer and I can understand it, this idea a little bit more, um, or maybe the nature of our production but uh, it's really, it's, it's just one of my favorites. For sure. Is there a song that you haven't gotten to sing yet, uh, either from that show or from, uh, like, from another part or from another show that you're just like, I need to sing this song one day? Well, I, I'll never get to play it, I know, but I want to sing Waving Through a Window from Dear Abraham. It's just a catchy song, and, and then I, maybe I wouldn't like it if I sang it because Ben Platt has the voice of an angel. For but, sure. But um, I would love to sing that. It's just it's such a catchy tune. Um, I'll, I'll never be able to get to play the role, but uh, I can sing it in the shower. Yeah. that's and Listen, that's where all my musical theater dreams live. Uh, <laughs> at uh, C. Prawns asks, this is kind of a question out of the, out of the blue, says, what role would you want to do if you were in the musical Heathers? I would want... Now, now forgive me, uh, uh, Heather fans, that I don't know the last names of the Heathers, but uh, my dear friend Alice Lee originated the Heather in, uh, in the green attire, and I, I would love to Heather honor... Duke? I think. Heather Duke? Yeah, I that's could right. be. That's I'll right. probably get roasted online for not being the right Heather, but I think it's Heather Duke. Well, if you do, forgive. It's, that's not the point. I would just want to follow in my friend's books. I was going to tell that she was funny, and I, I would do the role just to uh, <laughs> dedicate it to her. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a fun show because I think I would, if I could do that show, definitely um, the lead Heather, Heather Chandler, because you get to spend the whole show in just like a nice little like robe. That sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. You get to die oh, within yeah. the first, like, 20 minutes and then spend the whole show just, be, like, roasting Veronica in, a like, a cute little robe. Yeah, right? That sounds like the best, the best role. <laughs> no, you get to sing the uh, Candy Store, which is the best song, and then you get to spend the whole show in a, ro- in a robe. That's a perfect part. Yeah, yeah. That's not so bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, at Fidget Squipper... I'm going to repeat this name, this username, because it's so funny. Fidget Squipper. That's amazing. Uh, wants to know, which cast members did you hang out with the most? Um, during Be More Chill? I think so. They have Squip um, in their handle, so I think, it's, I, th- I think they mean Be More Chill. Uh, I guess so. You know, they had some artist housing um, for us while we were down there at Two River, uh, but the, the people that I hung out with the most is uh, George Salazar, uh, Gerard Canonico, Katie Ladner, um, Eric William Morris, who played our squip, uh, 
the girls they they had they were housed at like just a little a few blocks down. So mostly I hung out with um and Katie would come over and visit us a lot. Uh, and you know, mostly with those guys and George Salazar is always a fun person to be around. Cause he'll make you laugh every five seconds. <laughs> Do you have a favorite memory from living with them? I, 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 there are many, many favorite memories. I mean, we laughed all the time, but I, I remember one time everyone getting, getting excited to watch the movie ants. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I like, I like fell asleep like 10 minutes into the movie. And then I like woke up and, Ever, I think everyone was like messing with me or like trying to draw something on me or something. Um, <laughs> it was a good time. Um, okay. At Muko Chi asks, how is it performing in Sweeney Todd? It is amazing. Uh, this has been unlike um, a, a, any project that I have been a part of thus far. Uh, it's, it's it's very intimate. Um, it's immersive. The, it's just like the coolest thing, man. It really is uh, to get to not only do this material, but uh, the audience is with you right there in the show, and they're a part of it. And um, it feels like a new show almost every day because there's there's a different kind of energy that's brought in uh, with every audience and. Uh, it's it's really good, and I say if you're in New York and you have the opportunity, come come see it, come play the lottery, come try to get in because uh, you won't regret it. Now you guys are doing that show. You guys are doing it eight times a week, right? Or, or are you only doing it six? Eight times a week. Yeah, eight times a week. How has it been like keeping up with that schedule? Um, well, you know, you get used to it. Um, it's. Because you have your whole days free. The hardest part is certainly we do five show weekends here. So we have a show Friday night and we have two Saturday and two Sunday. We don't do any Wednesday matinees because it's just not that feasible. We want people to see the show and a lot yeah. of people can't a get off in the middle of the day to come eat a meat pie and watch the show <laughs> on a Wednesday afternoon. No, that so does that's sound like do. a perfect uh, Wednesday afternoon. Well, I mean, to me as well, but maybe not practical for others. <laughs> uh, but we, so we have Monday off like most Broadway shows and then Tuesday through Sunday we have performances. But, uh, I mean, water, sleep, eating healthy, you know, it's just, you take care of yourself and especially it's been, it's important in the show because we are, we don't have microphones. Um, we're singing and projecting all without, uh, amplification help. And, uh, we do the whole show with only eight people. So there, we do a whole lot more than you would say in a typical production of Sweeney Todd. Uh, so, it, I mean, just got to be wary of uh, taking care of your body, making sure you drink a lot of water, get enough sleep, I think is the most important thing. Um, and that's it. There you go. And pray, keep your hands clean. Don't touch your face. Make sure you stay healthy. <laughs> Have you ever had that kind of schedule before? You did Rock of Ages on Broadway, right? Was That, a, that was a similar schedule. <laughs> Yeah, um, Rock of Ages, we had the five-show weekend as well. Um, and actually, uh, Wicked on the Road had the five-show weekend as well, too. Oh, wow. uh, so it's something that I'm used to. Yeah. Is that, doing it on the road, is that more challenging because you're not, like, in your own home, in your own space, you're in a hotel room? Yeah, you know, I certainly um, didn't have a big problem with that. I, 
I like adventures and to go on all the stuff, but uh, after a year on the road of doing that, I was ready to come home and kind of plant my roots again. It's fun for a little bit. I mean, it's fun always, but I was pining a little bit for just being in my own space and, you know, that kind of stuff, my own room. For sure. Okay. Uh, here's another question from Emily Rose Art, who asks, uh, what is your dream role? Well, um, well, definitely, uh, one day when I'm in my like mid to late fifties or sixties, I don't know, somewhere around there, I want to play Sweeney Todd somewhere. Okay. I definitely want to do that. I also, skipping back to Urinetown, I also want to play Bobby Strong at some point. I just oh. love singing that music. And, uh, yeah, I'd be very happy to get the opportunity to do that as well. Yeah, it's a great, that is a, that is a really, really great show. Um, this one is from at bangos underscore mangoes. Uh, if you could be any animal, which one would you be? Oh, if I could be any animal. Uh, I mean, this might this might sound a little boring, but I would I would love to be a dog in America. Oh, maybe yeah. not a dog any other places, but I would love to be a dog here where I'm doted on with love and I'm given food and I'm just, I, I bring a smile to everyone's face anywhere you go. I would love to do that. Here's my I thing with being that. a dog though. Do you think it would, do you think the food would get boring eventually? Cause you only feed your dog like one thing. I, you know, maybe, but maybe if I was the dog, I, w- I wouldn't care that much. <laughs> You're yeah. too busy being happy with that with the rest of your life that you don't even care. I think if I were an animal, I think I would want to be an animal that you can't do things that you can do as a human. Like being like if like as a dog, you can like smell things that are that you can't like smell as a human. And like if you were a dolphin, you could like swim really, really fast. Or like if you were a bird, you could fly. I think I would want to be like probably a, some sort of bird that I could like fly. Yeah, that would be good too to be able to, to see a part of the world you don't know my day. For sure. That'd be nice too. <laughs> um, at... Mukochi wants to know what is your favorite scene slash song to act out in Be More Chill? Or what was? Um, well, I, I really did love doing the smartphone hour. It was just silly and fun. Um, and I also really liked doing the play. When, when the play actually got put on and everyone gets squipped, that was just such a fun uh pseudo creepy moment you know there was a mm-hmm. lot of camp in it but it was also really creepy and uh just just so fun no the smartphone hour that's a huge dance number did you have any problems did you ever have like a mishap with doing the dancing on that sometimes it was hard because they put us in these uh, uh sleep slippers that <laughs> didn't have good traction on the stage floor and you know we were running around the whole time and there were a couple times when you know you take a precarious step and feel like they're going to fall down but luckily no no real disasters happened <laughs> that is that is very lucky um at elick underscore iwick uh wants to know lit, uh favorite little ho- little shop of horrors song or scene have you done a production of little shop of horrors no i've never done little shop but um uh, our judge in Sweet Pond right now, uh, uh, Michael James Leslie, he was in, um, if I'm not mistaken, maybe the original, original product or some incarnation long back. I know that he's worked with Ellen Green. Um, okay. and so we were actually talking, talking about the show, uh, fairly recently. And, 
if I was going to be a show, I, in that show, I'd want to be the plant or like singing stuff. I know it's not really something that's really appropriate for me, but I think it's the most fun. And I like his songs the best. That's fun. Yeah, that is fun. That's a that's a really that's a fun show. I think it'd be it would be a really great uh, show for you. Um, at Mimi Musicals and Things uh, says, what helps you overcome anxiety and stage fright when you were first starting out? If you had any, did you have? Did you uh, have well, stage fright? You know, it's not not necessarily stage fright um, because once I've once I have the job and I'm doing it, I feel confident i've gotten to do my work and um I'm, I'm confident in what i can bring like my own nuances and my own flair to it so i never worry about that you know there there are as many tastes as are people in the world and there's no use trying to please everyone because you're not no matter how good you are well uh mostly it, it was none of the shows it was you know sometimes my nerves will get to me in my in my auditions a little bit when you know that you're you're being critiqued from the moment that you walk in the door yeah uh, is, is a little nerve wracking, but mostly, um, the way that I overcome that is by taking a deep breath and the, and knowing that the only power that you have in this scenario is to go in there to do your best work, um, to be ready to work. And then leave it there. There, there are so many, uh, aspects that go into decisions like that, 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 uh, you know, it's just kind of a moot point to worry about it because worrying can't do anything. So you might as well just strap your boots on and go do what you do. <laughs> Have you ever had like a really crazy, wild like audition that you're like that you leave the room and you're like, "What did I just audition for?" or "What did I just do in there?" Um, yeah, there there's definitely been ones that I've left being like, "Well, that was strange. I didn't get that one." Um, I remember uh, when I not long after I first moved to the city years ago, um, I went to an ECC for Wicked. And um, I'm I'm a really great mover, and I'm a good dancer, provided, like, I have time to pick it up. But um, <laughs> they were teaching the odd stuff dance, and the, at that point, you know, they don't really go over it too much. It's almost like the chorus line dance, so you just kind of expect it pretty much to know it already. Mm-hmm. And, they, uh, you know, they ran through it maybe, like, twice, and then they broke people up into groups. And I was like, well, this, I'm not doing that. So I, I, when they, as soon as they were done, they were breaking up. And um, I, I went to go grab my bag and they called my name. And I was like, thank you guys very much. Thank you for letting me have your time. And I, I left. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way, you know. And I was like, I didn't want to waste their time. I didn't want to make myself look bad by not knowing what my limits were. And um, they were really, <laughs> they were really nice about it. That's so funny. And then later on, you got you are you are a Fiero. Lo and behold, do you guys Asian. have like a a club of Fieros? Because there's been a lot of actors who have played that role. Is there like a a secret society? Oh my goodness! Know about? Well, you know, I guess if there was, I, I wouldn't. I might not be able to say, huh? <laughs> yeah. The first the first rule of Fiero secret society is that you cannot tell anyone about Fiero secret society. Right. right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Going back to the original question, was there was there a show or an experience that you had that gave you like the most anxiety, like the worst, uh, the worst stage fright? Hmm. Is there a show that gave me the worst? Not necessarily worst, worst but like you're just fright. you were the most nervous to go on for that particular moment. 
Um, yeah, yeah, there were, um, so uh, when I, I was, uh, the male swing for the off-Broadway revival of Carrie in 2012, and that was my very first swing job, and, um, they were creating the show and, and, and maybe sometime into like maybe the third or fourth preview of the show, uh, one of the actors had injured his back and, um, up at that point, you know, when the show's in previews and, and you're working to put the show up, no one, no one is really thinking about the swing at that point. It's kind of what comes later because we're still wor- they're working and changing the show. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, luckily for myself and for them, I had, been paying attention because I, everyone was like, you have to go on. Are you ready? And no one had had any idea what I what was going to happen once I got up there. And, uh, but I, and I was a little nervous, but cause I was the first time I was getting to do this, but you know, it, honestly, not really. It's like once it's just the audition room sometimes that'll throw me, but once I'm on the stage, I'm pretty good. That's, that is why you are a professional. <laughs> like, let's just talk about uh, Carrie for a second. You worked with some pretty cool people on that. What was that experience like? Oh man, that it, it was really great. Um, not only was I, I working with a really talented peer, but um, Stafford Arena, who is um, a great director, Marin Maisie, who is just a gem of a woman. Not only is she so talented, she is so kind and sweet. Um, I mean, and it was also just an extra special performance because it was, uh, it was how I earned my, uh, equity card. It was how I, um, my first, my first, uh, you know, strong professional job. And, um, I'll always remember that. It was a lot of hard work too, because I had never had to, you know, not only learn five different tracks that were changing every day. Um, but I was also the dance captain. So, I mean, it was a heavy workload, but very satisfying. Yeah, for sure. Um, hold on. There is, I see one more question. Oh, here's one, uh, from at afraid dog was learning the script for me more chill, easy or hard. Like, are you the kind of person to, uh, really like pick up lines really fast or is that not your, that not your gig? No, um, honestly, it's, I can, I've got a I've got a yen for quick memorization, whether that be from uh, just practice, doing like theater a lot. Uh, mostly, I think it comes from auditions. Uh, when I go into an audition, I, I with as much time as I can, with as much time as I have to pre- prepare, I always attempt to be off book. I believe it's the only way that you're able to. I mean, and it's not fully off book. You've at least got like a strong 80%, 85% of the, of it know that you can just glance down at the page and keep going. Cause it's the only real way that you can show things. So I, I don't have any problem committing things to memory, really. Um, uh, it, depending on the complication and maybe the wordage or, you know, how, um, the person talks. Like in Sweeney, it was a little bit more hard. A learning Sondheim's music and lyrics. They're, uh, they're more elevated. They use words that I don't use. Not only it's a different time, it's a different dialect. Mm-hmm. And the way the syntax uh, in, a, in a line is used, it's, if it doesn't, if it's not my own colloquial vernacular, it's a little hard to remember. But normally, no. It's, um, I think because of practice, it's, it's pretty easy to commit to. Have you ever had a, a show where the, um, you've just completely like blanked, whether like in oh, high school or back in the day oh, or yeah. whatever? 
Oh, yes. Actually, that happened um, the other day. I mean, nothing. Luckily, it all came out in time, but it was that moment of, oh, my God, what's my line? What's my line? What's my line? Oh, there it is. It came out. Phew. Phew. And there was one time in Wicked where um, I I had a a moment where I forgot the words in Dancing Through Life, and um, that was so mortifying. And, you know, sometimes it just happens, that whether it's, it's like if you didn't spend enough time focusing or you took it for granted that you uh, knew the words or something. But it's definitely important, especially in a long-running process, like if you're doing something for a long period of time, to go back and uh, launder your script and just make sure that you're not uh, forming bad habits or, you know, straying from the material. Yeah, especially, I mean, when you do eight shows a week, you don't really think that you have to go back and look at the script, but... You know, you you do more than you think. Right, no, you you really do. You, you really do. And maybe not as much as you did at the beginning, but, uh, you know, every, normally what I'll do is, um, you know, we'll have the week performances, but when we come back after our day off, I'll spend a little bit of time in the script, flipping through and reading through my scenes and reminding myself of things. For sure. Um, well, that is that is all the, the fan questions that we have. There were some great Great fan questions. Uh, thank you guys for everyone who commented. If you did not get your question answered, I'm very, very sorry. There were so many of them, and, you know, there's not enough time in the day to answer all of them. <laughs> Jake, is there anything that you want to shamelessly plug right now? You have the opportunity. Well, please, um, if you are in New York City, if you're in the area, please come see me and all of my wonderful pals down at Barrow Street Theater in the West Village uh, to see Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Uh, It's really amazing, guys. I'd hate for you to miss such a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. Go see it, people. It looks incredible. Um, And where can the people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me Twitter um, and Instagram at Jake Boyd. Uh, that's not how my name is actually spelled. It's just for cleverness on the internet. <laughs> but it's um, J-A-Y-K-E-B-O-I-D. Very and clever. And that's my handle. Very, very clever. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at Broadway Beat Podcast, on Twitter at B-Way Beat Podcast, uh, the podcast is on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud. Um, if you're not already listening to it on one of those, please, if you're listening to it on iTunes, please rate and review. It helps me out. Uh, and I also have a website um, at broadwaybeatpodcast.com. Um, and thank you so much to Jake for coming on the podcast. It has been a lovely, lovely time. Thank you, Mitch. It's been great to talk to you. And uh, to everyone who is listening out there, have a great day. Even if you only have 10 minutes left in your day, Have a great and theatrical day. Bye, guys. Bye.